Welcome to the In The Scope podcast, where you read and hear new perspectives in the scope of different lenses. I am your host, Joshua M. Hicks, senior writer of War Media. Make sure to subscribe to War on Anchor, the home of the In The Scope podcast, on all podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the TuneIn app. And follow me on social media at that guy Josh Hicks on Instagram and jhicks042 on Twitter. Also, make sure to check out the War Media site at weareregalradio.com to get all the hottest and latest content on all things sports. Again, this is Joshua M. Hicks, and welcome to the Indisco Podcast. Hope you enjoy the show. everybody welcome to the in the scope podcast with your host joshua m hicks senior writer for war media aka we are regal radio and i am here with a very special guest he is the co-founder of sports on chicago one of the homes of we are regal radio aka war media as well as the one of the as a co-host of sean and maya in the morning i introduce you to sean sierra sean how are you doing Josh, what's up, buddy? How we doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Man, anytime, anytime. You know, we're family, especially with Sports on Chicago, man. We're family, where you can also hear this podcast. So because of that, it, it, it only felt right. It always feel, only felt right to bring you on board, especially since football is back. It is back, baby. Football is back. The NFL is back. As we're recording this podcast right now, I got the Houston Texans and Chiefs game on. So I'm making sure that I get my football in as well as we're talking about football. And obviously, since we are in the shy, we're going to talk about the Bears real quick. So before we jump into the specific demographics of the Bears and everything, let's briefly talk about how last year was just so bad, right? So last year was really, really bad. We knew that um, the Bears took a step back from the first year, first year uh, parents of Matt Nagy. Mitchell Trubisky being the quarterback and taking the team to the playoffs. Um, but they're trying to get back on track this year. And they've made some – they've added some good – I think some good quality defenders, especially in Robert Quinn to pair up with Khalil Mack. And my question to you is that pairing of Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn, is that the next best thing to Brian Erlacher and Lance Briggs? Yeah, I think it is. Uh, unfortunately, Robert Quinn is uh, he's listed on the injury report today with uh, an ankle, I believe, or a knee. It was one of his lower – part of the lower extremities. He's, so he might be out. He didn't practice today. So that's a, little, that's a cause for concern. When healthy, yeah, this, this is – they're going to have a couple meetings at the quarterback every, every Sunday, and that's exactly what I like. You know, the fact of the matter is um, – Khalil Mack is a guy you have to double team. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You have to double team Khalil Mack every play. Um, and then, then you get Robert Quinn, the guy who led the NFL in sacks last year. You're going to have to double team him as well. That's four guys. And then you have Akeem Hicks, who's back off of injury from last season. Okay, you can't leave him single, single up with one lineman because that's going to be a big problem. Now you're looking at six people staying in the block. 
that's a that's a very very good thing for the sec for the linebackers in the secondary because if you leave one and we're not even talking the the, the nose guard who was going to be Eddie Goldman but he opted out who's going to be Bilal Nichols now I think gets the start gets the the, the nod there and then uh, Roy Robertson Harris as well so you you have guys there on the line you have guys who can really uh, people like Roy Robertson Harris it's a contract year for him so he's gonna he better eat big time because he's in a contract year he's gonna have a lot of other other uh, teammates getting double teamed so it means he's gonna be he's gonna be lined up one on one a lot and he's gonna he better make a, a, an impact if he's looking for some big money either here or anywhere else in the league. We can't also forget about the fact that they they do have a pretty nice corn, uh, cornerback system with Kyle Fuller and Eddie Jackson, who Eddie Jackson at one point was the highest cornerback to be or safety to be play, uh, paid in the NFL up until Jalen Ramsey recently just took the one hundred and five million dollar extension. Mm-hmm. But having that having that in your backfield compared to the the middle linebackers and that and that deep defensive seven man, now you're talking about a crazy a crazy crazy talented defense. Dare I say top five? Uh, no, you'd be wrong if you said top five. You need to be top three, maybe two. Um, this defense is, is going to be one of the best. Uh, staying healthy, of course. Uh, you have a two-time Pro Bowler and Kyle Fuller on one side. You got a rookie and Jalen Johnson on the other side. Um, but he's going to be helped out a lot, you know, by, by that front seven. He understands it. He understands he's going to be picked on because he's a rookie. Uh, but coming out of the draft, he was the third highest uh, rated cornerback coming out of the draft. It was a kid from Ohio State, a young man from Florida, I believe, and hit, and then it was Jalen Johnson. The reason Jalen Johnson fell was his shoulder. They were they were unsure of whether or not his shoulder would hold up. Um, his shoulder has held up to this point in camp, um, and if his shoulder was 100%, he would have been a first round pick. So this looked this could be a pick like the Eddie Jackson pick uh, a couple of years ago when he fell to the fourth round because of a broken leg um, the, the the prior year his last year at Alabama. So if this turns out to be something similar, now you have two stud cornerbacks. You have a, an all-pro ball-hawking free safety uh, at the back end. And let's not forget about those middle, uh, the linebackers at second level with Roquan Smith, who just decided to lead the Bears in tackle his first two years, and Danny Trevathan, Super Bowl winner, who's all over the place. So this defense is, a, I'd say, a top three defense, um, maybe two, depending on how depending on how well the offense does. Because the offense can – can't put some points up, man. All you got to do is go go get the quarterback because you're not going to be running the ball much. So this offense, this defense, is in a really good position. The best part about it is that they're they're it's the second year under Chuck Pagano, and you know I know they he he runs a three four as well that they ran before with Vic Fangio, but his terminology, there's tendencies. He knows them now. They know him. There's a lot more familiarity, so he knows how to best use these guys to maximize their talent. And I think we're going to see that this defense take off. As long as that offense can can be middle of the, of the road, this defense is going to lead us to uh, to a deep run in the playoffs. Yeah, go more in depth with Chuck Pagano because, like you mentioned, last year was his first year as a defensive coordinator for the Bears. So, with with that, along with the injuries, the offense not really being picked up to where the offense should have been, um, like previous years, you know, it, it it took a toll on the Bears defense, and we always had to play catch up and rely on the Bears defense to basically dominate the game so that we could have somewhat of a chance offensively to take over. And that was, and that's a tough assignment for Chuck Pagano, but talk about what Chuck Pagano is going to bring to the table now that he has most likely a pretty full, uh, healthy defense on top of that more additional talent that he probably, than he had last year. 
uh, see, last year, Chuck Pagano, he was caught between a rock and a hard place. Chuck Pagano is a very – he loves pressure. He loves to bring it. He loves to blitz. He loves to put pressure on, on the offense and stress the offense. Well, he couldn't do that as much as he wanted last year because the offense – uh, if they gave up a big play, because when you when you blitz, you, you put you you put yourself at risk of big plays. So if for some reason they connected on a big play, well then now we're now we're behind. And he had no faith, and understandably so. He had no or very little offense, and uh, led by Mitch Trubisky and called by Matt Nagy, some points. So if you get an offense that you know is going to get you points, you can you can be a lot more aggressive. And I think that he realized that he didn't want to he didn't want to put his team out there. If for some reason uh, a big play, you know, maybe they call the perfect play for the blitz, and now they're down seven, and and now to have this offense come back wasn't a good. That wasn't a good enough offense last year to come back. As soon as they got down, many Bears fans, myself included, were frustrated, and because we thought it was the end of the road. If if they can play middle of the, middle of the pack, that offense, if they can be a middle of the pack offense, this defense, as I said earlier, is going to take us to a deep playoff run. So Chuck Pagano's got to see how this offense. Um, how this offense clicks, how it rolls, because if it, if it does, um, if it's firing on all cylinders and they have, they have a running game, they, they have a decent passing attack, they're able to put up points, well, then he can be more aggressive. If, it, if they don't, it, it might handcuff him again from being uh, as aggressive as he likes, as much as he likes. He's still going to bring some heat, but he may not be able to bring as much heat as often as he'd like because you, you, you just don't want to have to come from behind with an offense that you don't have confidence in. So Chuck Pagano's got a, uh, a tough job this year. Trying to, he's got to navigate his, his game plan according to how well the offense plays. Unless his defense starts scooping and scoring and causing, for, causing fumbles and scoring on defense, that's what Chuck Pagano's going to have to do. Everybody listening right now, you're listening to Sean Sierra. Sean, let's transition to this offense because last year was so bad. Um, Watching Mitchell, Mitch, you know, digress or uh, go, you know, go backwards in his progression and us not fully staying healthy offensively either. Lack of wide receiver production. I mean, the list goes on and on. Even Matt Nagy's play calling was suspect from time to time. So to have all these issues last year was just a bad year for them offensively. Do you see Mitchell Trubisky and this offense bouncing back this year? Um, it all depends on Matt Nagy. It all depends on Matt Nagy. If you want, if you if you want Mitch Trubisky to do well, all right, then you need to do things that put him in the best best position to be successful. And I know it sounds like a cliche, it sounds like coach talk, but it's it's the it's the honest to God's truth. One of the things that Mitch Trubisky loves to do is he likes to be on a move. He likes to roll out left, right, bootleg, move that pocket a little bit to give him a, a two way go. If there's nothing there, have him run. They took that away from Mitch a lot last year. So, and, you, and you were able to tell there are times uh, throughout the season where there was green grass ahead of him, but he stayed in the pocket to try and make a throw. So they either told him, do not run, or they, or they told him subtly or covertly saying, hey, real quarterbacks have to win from the pocket, something of that nature. But it, it really stymied him, it stifled him and stopped him from running a lot last year, which I thought was, a, was the worst thing possible. He didn't move him, move him in. Uh, he didn't move the pocket for Mitch. The only game he did was that Dallas Cowboy game, and you see how well he played in that game. And Mitch gained confidence in that game. Why? Because if there's if there's nothing out, you roll the one, roll the move the pocket. You roll to the right, and there's nothing you can run or throw it away, and you live to fight another down. Okay, Matt Nagy for whatever reason didn't do that. Then he didn't have help in the run game. Okay, you, you the offensive line that was the worst 
season they've had in a long time. Your right guard, the heart and soul of this team, Kyle Long, uh, he was done. Okay, so you take him out of there. The two tackles, they got their big money, and they had horrible seasons last year. And then you have your left guard playing center, playing left guard, playing center, playing left guard, vice versa, and vice versa. You got to figure that out. So there was no continuity whatsoever with that in that offensive line. So with the fact there's no continuity, now there's, there's no run game. All right, how many times did we see David, David Montgomery t- broke tons of tackles? It's just unfortunate that most of them are in the backfield. So that's not, that's not a, a, a formula for success. If you can't run the ball and you need to run the ball because to take the, hand, the ball out of Mitch's hands, if you can't run the ball and leave it in Mitch's hands, and then, then to compound that, you don't do what he does to, to, to what he does best, it, it, it's, a, it's a recipe for disaster. So it's, gonna, it's really going to fall on how Matt Nagy calls the game. Now, now that he's got Nick Foles, however, if he may not, he may not be so lenient or, uh, with, with Mitch. If Mitch isn't able to master the offense and read defenses and do things the way at a level that Matt Nagy wants, well, he can pull him quickly because he's got a Super Bowl winning MVP quarterback waiting in the wings. And that's a very interesting point that you brought up because obviously we know that the Bears made that trade for Nick Foles so that way they can put pressure on Mitchell Trubisky to truly develop. Um, obviously, so there's some people that actually thought that, you know, this is what Mitch needs just to, in order to improve. And some people also thought that, you know, this is really the Bears trying to make this draft pick work when they could have had all those options with Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes in a previous draft, in the same draft that Mitchell Trubisky was uh, – Draft was drafted in. So with all that controversy going on, should Mitchell Trubisky really have got the starting job or should they, should they just hand it off to Nick Foles and let Mitch, Mitch really truly learn from Nick Foles as they move forward? Because Nick, to me, Nick Foles fits better in Matt Nagy's system than Mitchell Trubisky does at this moment. Well, a couple, a couple of reasons. Mitch should have got the gig, should have got the starting job. Uh, a couple of reasons. <clears throat> First, uh, I don't believe it, the the mental fortitude of Mitch is where it needs to be. Uh, I think that I, I think that's uh, prevalent among a lot of younger players in the league today. So if you give the job to Mitch to, to Nick Foles, uh, I think Mitch is, is his his confidence is shot. I think uh, he mentally he might check out because he realized this is a contract year. They turned down his fifth year option, which would have been for next year, so he doesn't have a contract. If he's not the starter. And then all guess what? It all signs indicate that he's not coming back to Chicago. The Bears aren't going to re-sign him. Uh, doesn't mean it won't happen. It just says all signs indicate. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think he would check out. I think he would check out. I think that would do a num a big blow, a big number on his confidence. So you start Mitch Trubisky. It, it it allows you to save face a little bit for Ryan Pace. Ryan Pace did a good job of getting Nick Foles um, because you now you still have one year left on with Mitch Trubisky. You allow him to play. You get some competition in here. Now, now we're going to see exactly what Mitch can do. Is does, does the competition motivate him? Uh, and from all from all reports that I'm hearing, uh, he's he's a new he's a new guy. He's a little more uh, assertive. He's his footwork is better. But he there was really nobody to who really ran away with the gig with the starting job. And I think because Mitch was here, practicing with those guys. Uh, Foles was back home in California with his wife and, and their, their uh, young child and, and really hasn't had a chance to gain chemistry with these receiving core. I think it's, I think it's the right move to have, have Mr. Bisky start because once you pull him, he's done. Mentally, emotionally, psychologically, he's done. And, and, Matt, and then Nick Foles is a guy who's come off the bench before. All right, he's come off the bench and led the Philadelphia Eagles to a 
a Super Bowl title. So this is nothing new to him. Okay, he's getting paid. <laughs> he's getting paid well. Uh, I know he probably wants to start, but hey, he's, he's getting paid. He knows his time's going to come. And if his time doesn't come, how great of it, how great of a moment is it if his time doesn't come? Because then that means Mitch is playing very, very, very well. So Ryan Pace did a good job of, 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 of hedging his bets by bringing in Nick Foles. Because if, you, if we don't see Nick Foles at all this season, that means Mitch Trubisky has matured way past any of our, of our expectations. And that's a great thing for the Bears. I have to ask this, though, because this was a controversy or a discussion over the summer. What, when the, when, you know, when the uh, Bears made that trade, Cam Newton was a free agent at that time. And, un, and no one picked up, and then he eventually signed with the Patriots for less than, what, three mil? About a, yeah, about a mil signed, plus incentives. Yeah, so do you really think the Bears really should have went with Cam Newton over Nick Foles? And waste, and, and should, should they have gone the cheaper route and get Cam, who many do believe is a better quarterback than Nick Foles in general? That's an interesting question. The, the only issue that I – one of the reasons that I see that they didn't get Cam is now Cam has to learn a new system, okay? Cam has to learn a new system. With Ryan Pace and, and Matt Nagy, they have a Super Bowl-winning defense now. It's, it's, it's here now. They, don't, they just need an offense. So they need somebody who can, as I said before, keep them at the middle of the pack. You, if this is a, a middle of the pack of 14, 15, 16th-ranked offense – in the NFL, we're going deep in the playoffs because the defense will do the rest. So having so now you have you have Mr. Bisky who's not who had a problem reading defenses. Then you bring in another guy who's super athletic but is still learning the system. It's going to take time for him to, to click for it to click for him to have to develop a chemistry with with the receivers, just like it would have with Foles. Although Foles definitely has a better understanding of this offense because he ran it and won a Super Bowl with it. But you still have to get, get the timing down and the chemistry down with the various receivers. So um, I would have loved Cam. Uh, I really would have. But um, I, I can see why they would go with, with Nick Foles. Um, but, you know, in the long run, I would, have, I would have liked Cam. But, again, I see exactly why they went with him. They're in a win-now mode, and you can't wait till next year till 2021 to do this to see if if cam can win and get some in chemistry you gotta you gotta do that now everybody listening right now you're listening to co-host of sean amaya in the morning sean sierra um sean let's transition to these to the running back game because we all know Tariq cohen is a mighty mouse i call him mighty mouse because he's a short dude but dude is swole and he can and he and he got game and he got speed and comparing that with another Jordan Howard-like player in David Montgomery, um, that's, a, that's a nice duo that underachieved last year. How can they achieve and t- really give the balance that this offense needs this year? Uh, a couple of reasons. One, first of all, David Montgomery is not a uh, Jordan Howard type back. He's more of a, of a finesse back. Um, he can get the hard yards at times, but he's not, he's not a Jordan Howard back. He, uh, and, and I'm not saying that in a negative way. I'm just saying he's a little different. I, he's he's a, he's more of a slasher. Um, he's not going to run you over like a Jordan Howard would. Um, and unfortunately, that's something I really, really, really missed last year um, when when they got rid of him. You know, I just thought it was a horrible thing to get to to not use him. Um, and this is what I'm talking about with Matt Nagy. My issue with Matt Nagy is when he first took over. You know, you, he didn't have, necessarily have the team or running or, or skill position players he wanted. You know, and the, the sign of a great offensive coordinator or person who calls the plays 
head coach, whatever it is, is that you build your, your you you mold your scheme around the talents of your players, right? You don't make your your players fit your scheme, okay? And uh, until you can get your players, so once you get the players, in, and and you didn't do that your first year, so the first year he had Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard. Well, Jordan Howard, the only guy up until that point who had gained more yards um, than Jordan Howard in his time in the in the league was Ezekiel Elliott. So you're talking about the guy who's you know a, a guy who's second in, in in rushing yards behind Ezekiel Elliott, and you don't use him. So to me, that was that was that's literally putting a weapon in your arsenal and leaving it there, not using it by any stretch. This is my issue with Matt Nagy. So then last year, you go get David Montgomery, and Tariq Cohen is used a lot less. Uh, and and whose fault is that? The play caller. So you you don't use one of your 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 uh, your, your special weapons. And people and you know he said there's something that he said that really got to me. And and people have to understand. You you got you got to be real. You got to listen to it and understand football. But he said, you know, people, you know, uh, or some defense has been changed and they started watching and kind of trying to take away Tariq Cohen. Well, then you explain to me how people like Alvin Kamara, people like a Darren Sproles, people like a Shady McCoy, how do these guys continue to be in the league for six, eight, ten years? And they're the same type of running back that Tariq Cohen is. But yet they're still being productive. And this is only his, there was only his second year uh, and uh, third year. And he, you can't, you can't make him. You can't get him open. You can't utilize him in the way that those other guys were uh, are being utilized across the league. And Shady McCoy has been going from team to team to team and doing the same thing. Darren Sproles, the same thing. So my question is, again, falls on the uh, on the lap of Matt Nagy, putting your players in the best position to be successful. That's where you have to scheme guys open. So uh, this running game, I'm, I'm not I'm, – I'm very leery of it. I'm very leery of this team this year because we talked about the, the offensive line. I know you got Jermaine Fetty. But how much have they been able to gel with this? With the coronavirus pandemic, is really it cut down on OTAs, so you're not a, you're not able to to gain some chemistry and not able to to bond with that offensive line. It's everything via Zoom, and it, you, when you're an offensive lineman, you don't you don't get better by with Zoom calls like us, like we're doing. You need to be on a field. You need to be walking through things. You need to be installed. There's a whole bunch of different things, and if that if that doesn't go, that offensive line doesn't gel. That running game doesn't gel, and that running game doesn't gel. Mitch Trubisky's not going to gel, or Nick Foles, because then they don't even—they're not. No one's going to respect the run game, which means they're coming after the quarterback. So, but to get back to stay with your question about the running game, I—I um, hope—I hope they're able to get off. Okay, and here's one, here's one of the things I said on my show. It's a—it's a mindset. Okay, running the ball is a mindset. And when Matt Nagy says we have to come up, we have to find an identity. Or you give them an identity. Okay, you let them know. You don't just wait and see. Right, you have everything you need. Okay, so now, what what you do in, in to 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 shift the mindset of the offensive line? You ask any offensive lineman, I will guarantee you, every single offensive lineman you ask, whether it be high school, college, semi-pro, pro, Canadian Football League, you ask them if they rather pass block or run block, and I will guarantee you, 100% of them will say they better they would rather run block because now you're imposing your will on another player. Now you're moving people and you're showing your strength. And you're, when you win by attrition, there's no better feeling in the world. I haven't played football for so long, you know, for most of my, my life. I've seen games where we've won by attrition, where the other team, they don't, it's not that they don't even want to win, they want to compete anymore. And you ask an offense, you've got to get in that aggressive state. And how do you do that? You tell them, hey, guys, we're running the ball X amount of times today. We're running it 25 times today. We're running it 30 times today. 
So you get ready, and you, I'll tell you what, you sell that to an offensive lineman, run, we're running the ball 25 times, we're running the ball 30 times, watch, watch, the big, watch the big smiles you see on their faces because now they know they get, they're going to be passes a lot, don't get me wrong, there's going to be a chance where I'm going to get to move you and I'm going to be able to impose my will on you. And Matt Nagy won't do that. You see the, the number of, run, of run, uh, rushing attempts that they had, not very high. And when they, are, when they do run, they're not successful because they don't stick to the run game. The offensive line was horrible. I mean, it all goes hand in hand. So I'm interested to see how this, this is going to play out. I'm not, I'm not very confident in this run game this year. We're going to have a better year this year. Uh, I don't know. We're going to find out. So it's going to be pretty interesting. And we're going to wait to see. Start. We're going to see it on Sundays. Talk about this wide receiving uh, group that we have, because there's been reports that I believe his last name is Miller. I cannot remember his first name to save my life. Anthony. Anthony. Yeah, Anthony Miller. Uh, there's been reports that he's progressed a lot throughout the camp. And we already know that Allen Robinson is the top receiver on this team. But this is a contract year for him because he's looking for an extension and they haven't given it to him yet. So talk about how that may play a role within this season and talk about how this wide receiving court is really going to step up this year in order for, you know, this offense to really thrive, especially, especially if Matt Nagy does not utilize the run game like he should. This wide receiving court, receiving course, it's a big year for them. Anthony Miller has been a guy who's, who's got unbelievable talent, but he's been injured. He hasn't been able to stay healthy the entire season his first two year, years here in Chicago. So this, is, this has been a big problem for him. Um, we, we expect a lot from him, but he can't stay healthy. Allen Robinson, you know what you're going to get from him. Over 1,000 yards, going to be in a conversation for a Pro Bowl uh, berth. This guy is just a stud. Um, the issue with his ex extension is COVID, okay? Uh, not having fans in the stands and, uh, and, and the, uh, the salary cap possibly shrinking next year is going to cause a lot of, of issues for many teams. It's going to cause who, who uh, teams to have an issue, who they're going to sign, how much they can sign for. And you may just have some guys who price themselves out of certain teams. So they're trying to they, – they have to wait and kind of figure that out. You know, the game that we're watching that, that's on tonight right now as we speak, the opening game of the season, they're letting 16,000 fans in, I believe, over in Kansas City. So you, if, if the Bears are allowed to have at least partial uh, attendance – That'll help a lot, but you're losing a lot of money with uh, in gate revenue. Okay, you're losing a lot, so that's that's one of the big reasons that Allen Robinson's contract hasn't been extended. He hasn't gotten a deal. Um, but the wide receiver core, there's a lot of young guys that uh, I want to see step up. You know, uh, Riley Ridley. You know, coming out, they talked about him and how well, what what a terrific route runner he is and separation he gets. Okay, well, let's now it's time to see, time to step up. Javon Wims. Javon Wims got a, a shot last year, but Javon Wims to me is like a one trick pony. And it's not a bad one trick either. Don't get me wrong, but it's a one trick pony. And again, this comes down to Matt Nagy and his, his inability to put your position, your players in the best position to be successful. Javon Wims, what he did a lot at Georgia uh, was a lot of uh, jump balls. Okay. So he was six, he's six, three with a 37, 38 inch vertical. Okay. I'm throwing it up to him. Anytime I'm in a 30 yard line in, I'm throwing it up to him. All right, I'm going to isolate. Uh, I'll overload one side. I'll go three and, three and one or, or, and then send a, uh, someone right in the middle at the safety if they're playing man-free to occupy that safety and throw one-on-one -on -one with a, a cornerback. There are not too many six feet, six one, six two, six three cornerbacks in the NFL with his 37-inch vertical. Throw it up, have him go get it. This is exactly what he did in college, which is why it's successful. This is, again, my issue with Nagy. So he's going to have to step up. He's going to have to add route running to his game. 
Hopefully that helps. They had added 10 get junior uh, for speed. He'll probably take over the Taylor Gabriel uh, role where he's able to move safeties and get, you know, and now maybe a lot more things underneath um, will be a lot more, will be more available to uh, Mitch or to Nick Foles. Um, and they said, Alan Robinson's the guy he's going to, he's going to do it. Um, the, uh, the youngster they drafted is another speed guy, another uh, speed or slot guy. So they have guys, they have talented guys. They just have to put it together. So uh, I, I hope they can put it together. I hope they can step up. And I really, really, really would like Riley Ridley and Javon Wims to do uh, to really step to the forefront this year. Because if they do, and this this offense can uh, can really be middle of the pack or maybe even higher. Jimmy Graham was recently signed this offseason um, as a t- top tight end. Um, I believe he, he either came from the Packers or the Seahawks. I, one, I know he played for Packers. both of those teams, Packers, right. So um, he's playing for the rival team now in the conference with, with us and the Bears. And the Bears also drafted a hometown kid. And I believe his name, as I have here, is – I'm trying to – trying to figure, oh, Cole Komet. Yep, yep. Cole Komet from, from Notre Dame. Talk about how that tight end duo – really can help alleviate the pressure off of Nick when it comes to the offensive flow. Cause especially since Mitch isn't a guy that always throws the ball deep, but he also, but he's very much into the short game. And within that short game, that's where you can utilize your tight ends more effectively. The tight end, you know, there's a team on the East coast who had a, 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 a dynamic duo of tight ends about eight to 10 years ago. And, and it kind of changed the, the, the trend and talk about the New England Patriots when they had Rob Gronkowski and Aaron, Aaron Hernandez. Um, those guys did a number. <laughs> he had two tight ends, um, and and they did they did wonders with that. Um, I think the Bears are trying to get that get to that point. You know, I think it's it's going to be a good a good learning process for Cole Komet. Cole Komet's a local kid out of State Vider, uh, and and the thing that about it, uh, first of all, he's a number one rated tight end coming out of the draft, so that's great. So you have the top player at that position at a position that you need. Then you get a, a KG veteran, like Jimmy Graham to kind of help to mentor him, teach him the ropes, you know, give him some of the, get, teach him some of the nuances of playing the tight end position. Um, we didn't have a tight end position. Uh, we had a tight end by committee. But I want to say we had only 400 yards uh, from that tight end position out of, from four guys. Uh, embarrassing, embarrassing. So now we, we definitely upgraded that position. Uh, and, and I think it's going to be a situation where Mitch has uh, – um, a safety valve. If you look at all the teams who are many of the teams who run this offense, the, the Kansas city chiefs, they have Travis Kelsey, the Philadelphia Eagles, they have Zach Ertz. So you, they have top notch tight ends in each of these systems, which really, really helped the quarterback. Now they've got two good tight ends and I think it's going to really, really help Mitch. So he, you know, whenever he's in trouble, you always look for your tight end and that's going to, that's going to save us. So this tight ends, I, I hats off to Ryan Pace. I'm not a big fan of Ryan Pace to this point, um, but I am going to give him credit when he, we needed a tight end help. We got Jimmy Graham. He's not the same Jimmy Graham he was six, eight years ago, but he's, he's, he's looking much better. Uh, he's played, I think he's played a minimum of 14 games the last eight years in a row. So he's, he's, he's durable. And I think what his, the way he's going to show Cole Komet how to play this game is only going to help, help the Chicago Bears offense. So now we have a set defense. We have, it appears we have a set offensive offense from a talent perspective. You all, and you mentioned throughout the show that everything falls on Matt Nagy. 
if Matt Nagy fails this year, is it time to put him on the hot seat in Chicago? Yep. Yep. No way fans are butts. No way fans are butts. He's on a hot seat. Okay. Okay. That's it. It's interesting. That's interesting. <laughs> interesting. It's his time. It's, it's yep. Yep. Because you you got you got everything you need. You got you got you you got a new offensive line. You got some more receivers. And if it don't work, if you can't we can't point, uh, score some points with Mitch or with the, the new quarter your Super Bowl winning quarterback, and it's on him. I mean, your your GM Ryan Pace did say recently that the that they're trying to win a championship. So. Do you think it happens? Man, that's a good question. I, I'm not gonna. I, I have to. I have to watch Mitch a couple games. You know, um, competition does a lot for people. Competition is healthy, and and maybe Mitch's footwork, maybe his, his fundamentals uh, have gotten better. Maybe his ability to hit hit receivers in stride gotten better. Maybe his ability to read defense has improved. I don't know. You know, when your your life is on the line, when you're when you realize this, when your back's up against the wall, which Mitch's back is, things change. You know, you make you make some changes and you do some things that you didn't think you'd be able to do, and and maybe Nick Foles helped uh, uh, Mitch Trubisky learn how to read defenses. Maybe he looked, you know, especially within the division because you got two games per team. Um, you know, the Vikings, the Lions, and the Packers. So you you got you see them twice. So maybe he helped them. You know, maybe say, hey, here's the defense they run, uh, and maybe he helped with the teams that, you know, when he when he was with, with Jacksonville or Philly, and said, oh, I got film on, you know, some of the other teams we played, Dallas, we got um, uh, the Rams, the Niners. Maybe he has film on them as well, saying, look, here's what I saw, here's what they like to do, here's what I did that was successful. So hopefully they've been able to work it out with him, and 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 help Mitch get better. So I can't really say if they're going to win a championship. Until I see this offense, like I said, get 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 me to the middle of the pack, fourteen through seventeen, and total offense. And yeah, we're going deep. Then we have a good a shot as anybody. Anything higher than that, then I'm I'm going to put us in the NFC Championship game. But it's got to be you got to be higher than fourteen. You got to be a top ten offense. Even if you're number ten offense, then I'm going to say. And of course, health being the 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 variable. As long as everyone's healthy, we get a top ten offense. Even number ten offense. Yeah, we're going to the NFC Championship game. Okay, so in the NFC North, then, since you're obviously dealing with the Packers, who recently just coming off a season last year where they finished 13 and three, and I believe they went to the NFC Championship game um, with Aaron Rodgers as that bad dude that he is. You got the Vikings, who weren't terrible last year; they were pretty, they were pretty solid. Um, and obviously, you got the Lions, who did, even though they are the Lions and have a history of not really progressing at the way that they should, they did make some improve, a little, a couple improvements this uh, this off season. Where do you see the Bears landing in the division, and what do you see them winning the division this year? Um, if so, what what the what potential record could we potentially see them in? Man, dude, it, it's all contingent on those two dudes, man. It's all contingent on Nagy and Trubisky. Um, you know, Nagy, because if if Trubisky, Trubisky doesn't get it done, they're gonna bring Foles in, and I anticipate Foles being able to get it done. Um, but again, I need to see how his chemistry with these guys. You know, so. Detroit's going to – they're going to Detroit themselves, and they're going to screw it up somehow, some way. Okay, so I'm not worried about them. The Vikings, I'm uh, I'm not very concerned with them either. Um, the Packers is a team I'm concerned with. There's been a lot of friction between um, 
the head coach up in Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, they, they came out and said the right things. Oh, no, it's fine. We're both competitors, blah, 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 blah. But then they go out and they draft uh, Jordan Love from, uh, from Utah State, um, kind of signaling the start of the end of the uh, Aaron Rodgers era. I, I know he wasn't happy about that. I mean, the shoe's on the other foot now because they did the same thing with him and Brett Favre. So how he's going to take it, I don't know. Uh, why you didn't go draft a wide receiver in, in, a, in, a, in a, a draft that was loaded with wide receivers to help Aaron Rodgers is beyond me. Um, it was none of their picks, so I don't, I don't understand what, what they were thinking. I think in, in Aaron Rodgers might be a little pissed off. He might just be, you know, because he needs help. He, as great of a quarterback he is, and I, man, I hate giving him credit, but God bless it, that guy is a son of a gun. He is one of the best quarterbacks of all time. You don't give him help. And I think he could be a little salty because of it, because I know I'd be salty, because I, I know that he's expressed to them, I need help. I need receivers. And when you don't go get one, and there were, as I said, tons of quality receivers. You had great ones. You had really good ones. You had good ones. You could have got a great or a good or really good one in the first two rounds, and they just ignored it. And I be, his psyche might be, you know, he might be annoyed with that, uh, that organization at this point. We'll see. So um, I still think the Bears have a chance for second or even win the division. But, again, it's all contingent on Matt Nagy and, and his play calling. Everybody listening right now, you're tuning in and listening to co-founder of Sports Zone Chicago, Sean Sierra. Sean, let's, let's briefly close out this NFL um, talk with the fact that this whole offseason, you have dealing with numerous athletes across – all leagues, not just the NBA, but the MLB, um, NHL, um, NBA, all protesting for and for and promoting social justice. Right? Uh, the NFL hasn't always been on the right side of those things, especially right away when they are the most prominent. Mm -hmm. And obviously, with the football season starting currently right now, um, there's been a lot of discussion on how NFL players are going to handle these social justice issues when it comes to them being on the field. There's going to be some players that are going to be protesting um, and things of that sort. Now, from the first, from this game that, that's currently going on right now during this, pro, uh, during this broadcast, um, the Texans and the Chiefs, the Texans were in the locker room during the national anthem. Yep. The, and they, they're sending out a message that, you know, we don't, we, 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 this is their way of protest. I think, and I believe the Miami Dolphins even came out today as well saying that they're going to do the same thing. Um, talk about how the social movement, social activist movement from an athletic perspective with athletes that most likely, if normal, if COVID wasn't existing, may not even have the full, you know, impact and, and, and involvement that they that they're having right now especially in the nfl how, how do you see how do you see these protests going on throughout the throughout the year and do you think they are they are going to be very impactful as the season goes on impactful i don't know i think people are still going to protest the, the way that they want uh some some teams if especially some organizations if they don't want to deal or if you can't come to an understanding where everyone either stands or everyone kneels and and you don't want to look half and half or look have a team that's half and half you just stay inside you mentioned the houston texans just did that today other teams think you said the dolphins as well so there, there may be things like the, uh teams that just do that so there's no issue with that 
Um, it's unfortunate that politics has gotten into sports, but you know what? It's it's been a situation where politics, you know, it wasn't brought in. Politics forced its way into sports. Okay, um, and then with the 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 statement from uh, Roger Goodell talking about he should have listened to Colin Ka Colin Kaepernick years ago. Well, okay, th there you go. So now. You know, the, the, the issue that he stood up for, that he was standing for, or technically kneeling for, um, is a legitimate issue. And, and people are a lot more aware. People, people really want uh, athletes. You know, they have a platform and use it. You know, the, you know if you stand in, in protest, they, they, they complain. If you sit down and protest, they complain. Ask uh, Mahmoud Abdul Raouf from the Denver Nuggets or Craig Hodges. You know, if you kneel, they complain. If you march, they complain. If you scream, if they complain. If you riot, they complain. If you march peacefully, they complain. So there's really, there's never really a right time. Uh, there's never really a situation that anyone says, okay, this is a good protest. <clears throat> you know, this is okay to protest. And that's what protests are, gonna, are, 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 are designed to do is to bring attention. So they're bringing attention to it. I think they want to keep attention on it. And the NFL is realizing that they can and they want to be on the right side of history and let's keep it real they're doing it mostly for the dollars it's all about it it's all about the the, the benjamin so when they, they're doing things i really don't believe that they care about the social justice issue they just want to make sure that that they get the the minority dollars because the, the minority dollars spend a lot of money and not just at the games but uh, but in merchandising as well and that's a huge another stream of revenue that the nfl really doesn't want to be affected especially since they're losing money with the 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 uh the reduction in the number of fans or, or the elimination of fans at some places, you know, they, they want to keep that other stream of revenue open. Sean, talk about how you and Maya were together to find, to be founders of sports on Chicago. I'll give you the, I'll give it a quick version. So, um, uh, we were, we were, I was in Illinois Media School, and uh, Doma Tipango, who's uh, actually doing his thing, he's with, he did, is working at MTV now. Uh, and a big shout out, shout out to Doma T for doing his thing, and I'm, I'm so proud of him. Um, when I was there, he's like, oh, you do sports? He goes, oh, my girl uh, has a show on, I want to say WVON. He goes, I, I want to introduce you. So he introduced us via Facebook. Um, he introduced Maya and I. Then I, I, uh, I had a post. I called into the show one time. Uh, remember 88, 88, seven, the game that I was on for like a year or so called into them. I told them they should have pulled Cutler. Um, they laughed me off four or five weeks later. They pulled, you know, Cutler gets benched. I called back and it, well, then it, when, when they, when they laughed me off the air, I wrote a big post on Facebook cause I was living. Like I played football. I played football for 30 years. I coached it for 15. I know football. And for them to laugh me off, I was like, when was the last time you guys played football? You know? And so I was, I was really annoyed. So Maya read my post on Facebook. She's like, I want you to come on my show. She was doing the show with, uh, with Farouk. And so that's how we met. And then we, we did a couple of, uh, then she was working with a, uh, another media company. And she's like, hey, you know what? Would you mind coming on? Uh, you know, the, the owner wants to know if you want to come on and do sports, uh, you know, football for us. I'm like, yeah, sure, of course. So we did that uh, for about a year and a half, two years. Then we went our separate ways. Uh, Maya and I and, and the other company and we started our own thing and the one thing we, we decided like we wanted to provide a platform for people you know I tried I looked at getting in the, on the score and, and ESPN and you know to me they had their token uh, person of color on each one 
you know, and, and a lot of the takes that all these guys have are, are, are so far from the truth because many of them have not played sports. Okay. And of course, everyone's allowed their opinion, but when you hear things that, that are just off base and it's coming from a place where you, you don't, you can't, you can't speak on sports with it, with a, uh, coming from a place of playing from sports because it's a different perspective when you play it, especially since I was able to, I played it and, and coached it. I look at sports completely different than just anybody who just watches sports and is a, a fan. So I, um, we, I decided, you know, or she and I decided like, you know, let's give people a platform. All right, let's do, let's do our own thing. They're not letting you on that, you know, the various, the, the only two sports talk stations they have. We start, let's start our own thing. And I was like, you know, this is a good thing. So now we can provide uh, anybody in, and not just people of color, but, but people of color or women, you know, a platform because they didn't, they had um, Julia Carroll for a little while in the score, but now she got let go as well. So there's really no, there's no women. So we're like, there's a lot of young, talented people, you know, black, brown uh, women, people, black and brown women who are talented, who, who need a platform. So that's what we decided to do. We decided to, to open it up, give it a platform, give people a platform uh, to, to get their, their work exposed. And uh, that that was it. So that's what that's how it's it started. That's why we're doing it, and that's why uh, we love doing it because we're giving. And we all look at sports different, you know. And, and and you know, black folks look at sports a little different. Hispanic folks look at sports a little different. Asian folks look at sports a little different. Women will look at sports a little different. So you know, to get someone representation is everything. So when you see someone or hear someone talking about a sport, you're like, oh man, and you can relate to that person because you're black or you're brown or you're a woman. It, it, it really connects with people and that's what we wanted to do. We really wanted to connect with people. We wanted to give people options instead of, instead of having just one specific version of, you know, white males, 25 to 55, how about a couple different, different types of people and their perspectives, which the main, those, uh, those other radio stations don't have. So and we have it. So we're happy about it. We're proud of what, of what it is that we do. We're happy and excited to give people uh, uh, a platform to have their work uh, exposed. Well, obviously, members love We Are Regal Radio, War Media. We're proud to be part of the Sports Zone Chicago family. We're proud and grateful that you even reached out to us to join the family. Um, it means a lot to us, and we know and we know and believe in the product, and we believe that you know you, Maya, are doing great things, especially with your show and and combination with Sports Zone Chicago. So for us to be part of the whole movement, um, we're very grateful for that. And honestly to our viewers and our listeners right now you can catch this show on sports zone chicago it comes out every friday so you guys will be able to check that out on sports zone chicago download the app sports zone chicago for uh, to tune in to tune in for all of our latest work and check out our social media pages we are regal radio check out regal radio one on twitter and we are regal radio on instagram you can follow me on social media at that guy josh hicks on instagram at jhicks042 on twitter Sean, where can everybody uh, follow you on social media? You know what? I made it nice and easy for everybody. Say one handle for Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, the Snapper. It's all one handle at the Sean Sierra. You can follow my show uh, with Maya, Sean and Maya in the morning on Facebook. Sean and Maya in the morning on Twitter. It's SM underscore mornings uh, on Instagram. It's no, not Instagram. Then you can follow, follow Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook and on Instagram at Sports Zone Chicago and on Twitter at Sports Zone Shy, a C-H-I, a Sports Zone shy shout out to maya who may be listening to this podcast when it comes out shout out to maya um shout out to my co-host she's a girl she's a 
That's the girl right there. Yes, sir. She doesn't. She does it big and she does it well. And you do as well, sir. We thank you for coming on the po- on the Indescope podcast. Love to have you come back at any time, and wish you nothing but the best. And we just pray to God that these Bears get it right this year, and Chicago has something really to look forward to. Fingers crossed, man. Fingers crossed. <laughs> hey, Josh. Anytime you need me, you let me know. I'm there. I got you, Papa. I got you. Yes, sir, man. Appreciate you, and you, and we'll stay in touch. All right.